Welcome to Maniacally Midwest, a true crime podcast. Hello, everybody. We are back this week, this sunny July week. Thank you for joining us again at Maniacally Midwest. I'm Katie, and this is my lovely co-host, Chloe. Hello. (laughs) This week, it's Chloe's week to present. Um, And if you're stopping in and joining us for the first time, welcome. We appreciate new visitors. And kind of how we do things is every week there's a new case, something different. It's a case in the Midwest. Or sometimes we use our creative liberties and venture a little bit outside the Midwest. But there's always a tie back, even when it's not super direct. And also, you know what? If you don't like it, start your own podcast. We just do what we want, okay? Yeah. Sorry. That was aggressive. My bad. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a long week. Anyways, one of us presents and the other person is hearing this case for the first time with you. And I am screwed because I just heard someone yell in the background (laughs) and it is the baby but anyways we'll try to push on through i'm hoping that this is just a temporary little rustling sound and not i'm done after less than an hour of naps because otherwise it's gonna be a hell of a day anyways this week is chloe's week that was a very long-winded intro thanks for sticking out (laughs) so i actually before i let chloe jump right into it It was an exciting day yesterday. I called Chloe to tell her my big news. I may have made a whoopsie for all of our listeners who love us. And then there's the people who don't even know about us yet. But we talked about Charlie Barron's last week and talked about just what an amazing human being he is for representing Wisconsin. And him and Miles... He's the Oh You Betcha guy, if you're familiar with him through Instagram or Facebook. They have a podcast called Bellied Up Podcast, where they're in a bar and they take calls or walk-ins and they give advice, or they also help you buy, sell, and or trade. So they're kind of like a modern times Dear Abby meets Craigslist, I guess. Anyways, I called into the podcast yesterday and I got on. And I did not even mention to them, we love the Midwest. We've got our podcast. So that was a my bad. We focused mainly on how Mirza, I'm, I'm going to unveil something to you all today. Mirza is very abusive. He <laughs> says that roasted chicken and fried chicken are the same thing. And he also says he doesn't like supper clubs, that they're dark and weird. So. A lot of concerning feelings yeah. there, obviously. Yeah, obviously, Charlie and Miles were really upset and shaken up by the whole incident, as am I. (laughs) I mean, divorce was discussed. I guess we'll kind of see. Mirza is on the road, so we'll see if I change the locks or not while he's gone. (laughs) Uh, It's just, it's been an ongoing issue. I've tried to power through for the past nine years, and he just continues. So, anyways... We discussed that, and I talked to 
our heroes, I did not invite Charlie on the podcast because I was talking about my trauma, okay? There's it's a lot. <laughs> and then I want to apologize in advance to all of my Wisconsin people. Miles doubled down and said that bubblers are weird. You don't call it that. Thankfully, I had backup and Charlie was there and we were both just very disappointed. I'm I'm like 50% sure that next week I'm going to actually be the co-host that Miles has kicked off and I'm on. So we'll play that by ear. I'll let you guys know if I'm dipping out to be on the podcast. Although, I'm going to be honest, if it was like eight hours a day in a bar, I don't think you're going to be getting solid advice from me. <laughs> I... It You'll just hear stuff. It'll probably be like one hour of advice and then seven hours of me falling into stuff, screaming, I've broken both my legs. So, more than likely. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, Chloe, you're on. It's your week. All right. Well, first of all, obviously, congrats on speaking to our Midwest hero. Still stoked on that. Yeah. But besides that, this week, we are headed to Columbus, Ohio. And Ooh. I feel like I've been doing a lot of Ohio lately, but once again, they bring this on themselves. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> you did this. Okay, here's here's another thing. I feel like I think that we're repeating states a lot, but like when we're talking about the Midwest, it's a small group, so it feels like no matter what state we do, it's repeating. That's and true. also, I'm not sure currently if we need to revisit what map we're drawing because Miles, who's from Fargo, North Dakota, says that he's Midwest. Mm, that's a stretch. I don't know. Well, I don't we'll know. See. I don't know. I don't know where else to put the Dakotas, but I don't really claim them. So maybe put them in Canada. Yeah, send them there. <laughs> <laughs> so Columbus is the capital of Ohio. And it's the second most populated city in the Midwest after Chicago, which I didn't realize. I did not know that either. Um, real unfortunate for them. It is the home to Ohio State University. So boo on that. As we've mentioned before, I <laughs> sit silent during this. It's a Michigan thing to have extreme rage and hatred towards Ohio State. It's like, if you're from Wisconsin, it's like the Bears. You guys get it, Fibs. It's that yeah. whole vibe. That's what's going on there. Exactly. Um, they do have some redeeming qualities, though. I'll give them this. So they are the headquarters to six Fortune 500 companies. So they've got Cardinal Health, American Electric Power, L Brands, Nationwide. Sing us the jingle, Katie. I don't know any of these that you're listing. <laughs> you don't know Nationwide? Oh, Nationwide side. is on your side. There we go. Alliance Data and Huntington Bank shares. More okay. relatable, though, you'll know these. Fun fact, both White Castle and Wendy's are both based out of Columbus. Oh, wow. We actually were talking about White Castle in my household this last week. That's, I mean, concerning, but... So <laughs> how it came up is Mirza had brought home Panera, and he's like... Or he asked me, what is it called in St. Louis? And I was like, oh, St. Louis Bread Company. Oh, yeah. And then I was, he was saying, like, is there any other ones that you know of like that? And then we came up with Rallies and Checkers. Mm -hmm. Those are owned by the same people. And then Parties and Carl Jr. Yep. And he was telling me that Crystals and White Castle are the same thing. And I was like, huh? 
I've never heard Which, of crystals. Okay. If you don't live in the South, maybe you've never been to a crystals, but if you've seen. Uh, no. Maybe it was on the Ali G show. Anyways, <clears throat> similar concept of the little sliders, and we Googled it. Not owned by the same people. Well, that's lame. Yeah. All right. So Columbus does have a lot of notable people from there. So first of all, Simone Biles, who is on my Wheaties box currently, the gymnast, the goat, actual goat. Um, Jack Nicholas, the golfer. Randy Savage, who is a huge fixture in our family. He's, you know, the wrestler. Right. Hulk Hogan. Anyways. Uh, Louis Vito, who's a pro snowboarder, and I don't know who that is, but cool. He's won a lot of X Games. I think he maybe has won some Olympic medals too. Very short. I used to see him all the time when we lived in Colorado. He's about my size. Was uh, he in a Jackass movie? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, Jack Hanna, the TV zookeeper guy. You remember him from growing up? yeah that was a flashback for me Lil Bow Wow another flashback yeah we all know him yes we do and then Rascal Flats and 21 Pilots also are both from Columbus I mean I know Rascal Flats okay so for this case we're going back to 2004 don't say back like that's retro please please I'm gonna give you I'm painting the picture this was, what, 18 years ago? So George W. Bush was president. American Idol was the most popular TV show. And I was in fifth grade. <laughs> this is, see, this is where the age gap comes in. Because <clears throat> most of the time, I don't remember that Chloe is not my age. I don't either. I think I'm like a 50-year-old woman most days. I am. Okay, I don't think that I'm a 50-year-old woman, but I was not in fifth grade. I was getting my driver's license that year. So Good for you. Some of us just skipped that as well, so (laughs) I don't drive those of you that don't know. Yeah, this concept comes up a lot when Chloe and I are talking. Like, all of a sudden she'll say something and I'll be like, oh, that's right. You don't (laughs) drive. And I'm like, how do you live? Well, that's why I married a professional driver. My husband actually has a CDL, so we joke all the time that I only married him for his driving skills. (laughs) But we make it through. So anyway, we're in 2004. <laughs> Katie's driving. I'm still not, but regardless of my age. It goes on forever in 2022. <laughs> exactly. Still not. <laughs> Let's go over everybody that's involved in this case. So Nathan Gale was 25 years old. He was a native of Marysville, Ohio, and graduated from Marysville High School in 1998. After he got out of high school, he decided um, he was really moved by 9-11, which happened in 2001, and decided he was going to go serve in the military. So he was in the United States Marine Corps from February 2002 until November 2003, which obviously is a very short term. He did not complete his full uh, duty 
and the circumstances around his discharge are unknown but suspected to be a Section 8 case, which is basically for people that are deemed mentally unfit for military service. It took them two years to uh, figure out he's mentally unfit? Well, here's the thing. I feel like also the military lets a lot of shit slide. I feel like you have to be real blatantly like mentally ill for them to be like, hey. It makes me think that he was committing crimes outside the military that they were like, "Uh uh-oh, we can't ignore this because it's a public record not in our army. Or military. Well, not necessarily. He didn't have anything on his record during this time, I will say. Hmm. Um, so a Marine Corps spokeswoman declined to explain like the reasoning behind his discharge. But he had told his mother that he had been discharged due to uh, paranoid schizophrenia diagnosis. Oh, And he had returned from service with medication, but he declined additional treatment after returning home. So. Okay. Um, Yeah. It's good. can follow this thread. Yep. I can see where we're headed. (laughs) So after his discharge, um, the Department of Veteran Affairs found him a job as an auto mechanic. And he even... uh, informed his employer of his condition so he was pretty open about it which i mean if you're getting help you understand what you're going through great all for it there's nothing wrong with that was he actually deployed overseas any no he had been i believe they said in north carolina where he was also working basically as like an auto mechanic so okay that's that's at least positive because if someone already has pre-existing mental condition and then they see the trauma that's serving overseas, especially during that time, because yeah. that I think would have been the time that that whole broomstick thing was uncovered with in Iraq or Afghanistan. There was a lot going on. Yeah. That I'm sure mm-hmm. is just horrific in general. Um. So anyways, Nathan was six foot three. He weighed 266 pounds. He's a big dude, right? Mm -hmm. And he decided to take up boxing and football after being discharged as well. Um, And he ended up joining the Lima Thunder, which was a semi-professional football team in Northwest Ohio as an offensive lineman. And he really enjoyed listening to the band Pantera before games. So that's, I don't, I was not familiar. It's a heavy metal band. Oh, I was guessing it would be somehow related to Panera. Sandwich <laughs> Stop music. Pantera played at Panera. See, I automatically went to um, Pantone, which I'm a graphic designer and that's like the, oh, color, the color chart thing. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So yeah, clearly neither of us are heavy metal fans. <laughs> But he was a lifelong fan of heavy metal, and he had become obsessed with Pantera while he was in high school and really remained fixated on them even after they broke up in 2003. Uh, Nathan's former friend, Dave Johnson, told reporters that he had shown up at a mutual friend's house one time with Pantera lyrics and that he had claimed that they were his own and that Pantera had stolen the lyrics from him and were attempting to steal his identity. (laughs) <laughs> okay. um, I mean, 
okay, it's kind of like a weird thing to say those are my lyrics and they stole them. Like, but okay, sure. But your identity. So they're starting off with lyrics and following up with a social security number or. I am not sure. He was very convinced of this though. And this kind of led to a lot of his friends distancing themselves from him. uh, His behavior became increasingly erratic he once told his former friend mark that god was asking him to kill marilyn manson oh boy well another ohio native remember we said this the other week i was gonna say marilyn manson weirdly keeps coming up in a lot of these cases so it's weird because after we talked about him and i was like i feel like i remember him having boobs i actually googled marilyn manson because i was like i said that I heard it back as I edited it, and I was like, why did I say that? But I do think it. There was a music video where he had, I don't know, something, I don't know what they're called. Prosthetic? Prosthetics, yeah. And <clears throat> there are so many rumors about Marilyn Manson that he actually does have boobs, that he uh, used to throw puppies into the crowds before his show to kill them. Well, that's very nice. He was just like a person that everyone had rumors about. And he wasn't like someone that would get upset by it. He'd like laugh at them and be like, this is so stupid. And it's so funny. So I think that his like whole thing was like shock factor. And obviously it worked because I would have been in middle school when I saw the music video on TRL and was like, and I actually thought that he was somehow related to Marilyn Monroe. I don't know why. But the way he got his name, because his name isn't Marilyn Manson. No, it's like Brian, isn't it? I don't remember what the name it's was. It's like really normal. Very, yeah. He His name is after Marilyn Monroe, who he loved, and Charles Manson. Yeah, that's what so, I figured. And uh, in one of the articles, it says that Johnny Depp is actually the person who now owns Marilyn Manson's boobs. They traded for... Coke in Australia. Something they traded something of Johnny's for the boob or boobs. I don't know, one or both, <laughs> one or two of them. That makes sense. But it made me feel better because saying like, "Is that the guy that had the boobs when I was in middle school?" made me feel like I was in a fever dream because I couldn't like <laughs> I didn't know that much about him. So, well, anyways, carry on. God told him to kill Marilyn Manson. Uh, yes. Okay. And um, then some other people also noted that he would talk and laugh to himself often, and he would pretend he was holding an imaginary dog. So that's Nathan. Okay. Uh, Now we jump over to Daryl Lance Abbott, who is better known as Dimebag Daryl. Uh-oh. uh I don't think these two forces should be colliding. Uh, <laughs> so Dimebag Daryl uh, is what he was known by his fans. So he was in Pantera. He was the guitarist. Oh, I thought he was a drug dealer in the area. Okay. Never mind. Sorry, Pantera. I don't know you. I didn't know there was a Dimebag Daryl in it. I thought it was I- like the neighborhood drug dealer. I would assume, yeah, that obviously his name came somewhere from drugs. I didn't do a deep dive into why that's his name, but that would make a lot of sense. 
kind of a rubber um, band man situation. Exactly. Yeah. So he was 38 in 2004 and he was the guitarist of the band Damage Plan at the time because Pantera had broken up, remember, in 2003. So for those of you that are not familiar, as we clearly are not, Pantera sold 20 million records worldwide and received four Grammy nominations during their time together. But the lead singer got real into heroin, unfortunately, and this led to a falling out, which was rumored to be why they eventually broke up. Um, So Dimebag Daryl founded both bands, Pantera and Damage Plan, alongside his brother, who was a drummer, and his name was Vinny Paul. Okay. Google these guys. They look wild. Definitely look like they could hang out with Randy Savage. Like they've got that kind of vibe going on. Now I need to see immediately. I would say Vinny Paul is a little more flamboyant looking. He had a a lot going on like with his facial hair. All right. I'm going to see if I can get a side by side. I'm Googling them both. Okay. Perfect. So Daryl is. Yeah. Um. This is, I th- I felt like when I saw this, this had to be a joke. Yeah. Okay. It looks like a Halloween costume. It looks like WWE-esque. You're right. So yeah. Daryl is often regarded as one of the best heavy metal guitarists of all time and was even voted the most influential metal guitarist of the past 25 years by VH1 in 2015. Ooh, VH1 also. That's a throwback. I feel like MTV's still there. Not the same, but... Yep. Is VH1 still around? I have zero idea. On December 8th, 2004, Damage Plan was headlining a concert at the El Rosa Villa nightclub in Columbus. So this was like a tiny venue. They had a capacity of 600 and had sold 250 tickets for the evening show. So, real intimate. Wait, okay, so was Pantera out of the same area this guy was that maybe he did actually even know these people? Um, I don't know where they were, like, founded out of. I think the tie-in is just that Nathan Gale was, like, a huge fan of the band Pantera. Oh, okay. And then Dimebag Daryl went on to found Damage Plan. Basically, the two brothers left Pantera because I think it was just three of them in the band and the lead singer had a heroin problem. So the two brothers left and they went and founded a new band so that they didn't have to deal with like that lead singer. Right. They're at this little concert venue. Anyways, club manager, Rick, I don't even know how to say his last name, Cotella, Basically, um, and other people that were at the concert noticed that Nathan was loitering in the parking lot during the opening acts because Damage Plan was the headliner. They were the main act, right? Right. And so somebody like asked what he was doing. I'm assuming like one of the security guys. And he responded, I don't want to see no shitty local bands. I'm going to wait for Damage Plan. Oh, okay. So, he didn't have time for that. Um, by the time the damage plan took the stage at 10.15 p.m., the crowd had grown to about 400. So they're almost at capacity now, but still relatively small. 
and Gail entered the venue by scaling a six-foot wooden fence on the north side and entering through a patio door. So he loitered around this whole time and evidently didn't even go in through the door. Oh, my God. Yeah, weirdo. At 1020, uh, partway into the opening song of Damage Plan set, Gail, who was dressed in a Columbus blue jackets hockey jersey and then a hooded sweatshirt sketch, uh, <laughs> jumped onto the stage and drew his Beretta 9mm semi-automatic pistol. Oh, God. He moved directly towards Dimebag Daryl and shot him four times at point-blank range, one time in the right cheek, and then in the left ear, the back of the head, and the right hand. Joe Damron, who was the bassist for one of the um, opening acts, said that Gail shouted something, but he didn't know what later reports said that Gail had shouted, you broke up Pantera when he was jumping onto the stage. Oh my God. Yes. So this is going on. Some attendees didn't even realize that a shooting had taken place. Um, One of the security guards was like, people were pumping their fists thinking that it was a hoax. People didn't realize that this was not like part of the show. Which I can kind of understand. It's heavy metal. That sounds so stupid when you like say that out loud. But yeah, I feel like what like juggaloos and stuff like that. Like the whole like thing is like kind of horror movies meets music where I could see how you think it's like a stunt to like, I don't know, amp people up. That's terrifying though. Theatric, yeah. yeah. Well, think about it. I mean, like Ozzy Osbourne, remember, used to like bite the heads off of bats and shit at shows. And like, this is yeah. like different, clearly. But like, there's there's weird stuff going on at heavy metal right. concerts. Um. So following this, Nathan turned the gun on those who had rushed to the stage to stop him. He ended up killing audience member Nathan Bray, who was 23, and club employee Eric or Aaron Hulk, who is 29, as well as Jeff Mayhem Thompson, who was a member of the band's security team. He also wounded the band's tour manager, Chris Palska, and drum technician, John Cat Brooks. According to police, yeah, so it was a wild, just like, melee. Um, According to police, Gail fired a total of 15 shots, taking the time to reload one time and remaining silent throughout the entire shooting. Um, Yeah. When security staff and audience members climbed onto the stage to try and stop them, he fired at them as we spoke about and he killed the two, two people. Um, they were attempting to stop him with a wooden table. <laughs> so these people were like not going out without a fight. I also feel like that would be like right. scary because I feel like metal fans are rowdy. Like you got to be ready. Yeah. I mean, I feel like if I saw it happening, I'd be like, oh shit. You'd be screwed then because I feel like it's just a whole army waiting to riot on you. Yeah. 
And it's like a small enclosed space too. Like where are you going to go? During the rampage, nurse and audience member Mindy Reese went to the aid of Dimebag Daryl. So she and another fan actually ended up jumping on stage and administering CPR until paramedics arrived. And according to some reports, victim Nathan Bray was also attempting to render assistance when he was killed. Wow. So let me preface, I don't even know if I'm allowed to say this man's last name, so hang in there with me. But um, nearby Columbus police officer James D. Nigemeyer was quick to respond. I was like, why? Because of legal reasons? I see what you're saying. Uh, Yeah, it's questionable. But he was the one who responded first. And he shot Nathan Gale in the face with a 12-gauge police-issued shotgun after a hostage managed to move out of the way. Um, As shown Uh. in unedited footage of the incident, Gale's head was literally, like, just blown off by the shotgun blast. I mean, that is a bold move to use that weapon in a hostage situation where there's crowds but like in a whole room full of people so walk us through this katie's kind of our resident ballistic specialist what happens when you shoot a shotgun that i'm assuming has some kind of not like bird shot but whatever what is that you know what i mean yeah i mean okay so it's not, I'm not a ballistic specialist. I'm not in any kind of CIA situation. I grew up in Wisconsin in a hunting household. But also, I mean, for household protection, I get it. The thing is, is a shotgun is a fantastic, I mean, okay. You can look at it from a weapon and technically when you use it on a deer, I guess it's a weapon, but it's more of a tool as opposed to weapon you don't think that the deer is coming for you so there's rifles which have a bullet like a metal casing and there's shotguns which have like the bottom part is like the metal that you see and the rest of it is like usually ribbed plastic and that is usually filled with like shot there's buckshot birdshot essentially it's like little like metal balls is what is in shotgun shells Mm-hmm. So the thought process is you use a rifle, you use a handgun, you use whatever kind of gun that has a bullet. You have like, like a solid piece of metal, like one. Right. You have one point of entry. And I mean, I guess there's also hollow tips and that's a whole thing that we can, or hollow point, whatever. We could yeah. get into that, but essentially you're shooting one projectile into the target that you're shooting at. Whereas a shotgun shell, when the like, gun goes off and it's projected forward it bursts open the plastic part i don't even know the correct terminology but for shotguns it's like basically spraying a whole bunch of those little projectiles if you have your house broken into and you only have a shotgun it is what it is move closer Basically, it's not... You have more of a likelihood of injuring multiple people in a small space with a shotgun as opposed to with a regular gun. I mean, you could accidentally shoot the other person like you're a crappy aim, but the one projectile you're shooting out is not going to spray and 
That's why it's a bold move that, especially when a hostage moved out of the way, I'm going to assume that they were picking some kind of shot out of their head, neck, arm, etc. And anyone else who was in a general region of this guy, because even if he was close enough to shoot him with a shotgun, hostage was probably close enough if they just like ducked out of the way. So, I mean... I don't know why you would send someone with a shotgun into a hostage situation, but I'm not the chief of police, so. Risky biscuits. Yeah. So they obviously, they had like the security camera footage, right? And you can hear somebody (laughs) in the back shouting, dude, his head is gone after the officer takes down. Yeah, that has to be like horrifying. Yeah. Um, so Nathan Gale was obviously like an oddball loner kind of guy. And he was a very passionate fan of Pantera. And he apparently took the group's breakup as a personal insult. Um, when they spoke with his friend, Mark, he said when they broke up, I think he felt some kind of personal connection, like he felt left out or betrayed and that he listened to their albums every day and was just like obsessed with them. So that's obviously we don't have Nathan here to tell us what his motive was, but that's what they kind of landed on. He was relatively unknown in Marysville, uh, his hometown and his neighbors remembered him as quiet and aloof And many noted that he wore these like real thick, dark rimmed glasses. So I feel like he was kind of a creeper looking dude in general. I, I'm obviously, I think anyone who kills people has a mental issue because a person who is normal and healthy mentally would not be able, whether it's a once and done situation or not. Yeah. But the fact that he, first of all, got so obsessed and whatever with his band is a big red flag. And I think probably the people who heard him saying that they were trying to steal his identity, instead of isolating him, it probably would have been good to get him the help he needed, especially since he knew that he had schizophrenia and did not do anything for it. I'm guessing that's the biggest factor. But he targeted this person that he blamed for it. But then he went on to kill and or hurt other people. So. Right. That's rough. And I also cannot imagine being the friend. Everyone has a friend that you're like, you know what? You got issues. I'm done dealing with you. But can you imagine if they went on to kill a bunch of people and you were like, should I have told someone? Because how would you foresee this is how that ends up unless they flat out told you that? And even if someone flat out told you that, I don't know that I would take them serious if if they were like, you know what? I could just kill Dimebag Daryl because I loved the band and he ruined it. Mm -hmm. Like. No, that's a very tricky situation. Yeah. And I mean, the other thing is, you know, they kind of obviously looked back retrospectively He'd been stopped for multiple traffic citations and had been charged with criminal trespassing for skateboarding and sleeping outside. But there were no 
super major red flags. Um, at the time of the shooting, they did say that he lived alone in an apartment above an abandoned storefront. And after the shooting, they went to the apartment. Police officers found two handwritten notes inside his apartment. One read, you'll see, come alive. I'll take your life and make it mine. This is my life. I'm gone. Get me. Weird. Okay. Um, and the other read, you'll see the sky fall. I'll make pigs fly. Come on and give me some. Come on and give me some. Do it and die. Do it and die. Okay. So clearly he was going through it. I mean, I don't want to be rude. Because, yeah, it seems like he has a lot of mental problems. But that song kind of sucks. So I don't think anyone was dealing that. So. so, yeah, that's really the moral of this entire story is that clearly Pantera did not steal his lyrics. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> proof is in the pudding. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, and I did also, I just because I found these last little blips kind of interesting, but they did an autopsy, obviously, on everybody, but on Nathan Gale, and they found no trace of drugs. Um, so he definitely was not on any prescription medication or illicit drugs. Uh, and then the shootings occurred on the 24th anniversary of the murder of John Lennon. But oh. there's no indication that that was a factor in his actions. It was just a really unfortunate uh, coincidence. I'm going to guess not. If he was super into heavy metal, I'm going to guess he was not a John Lennon fan. Or he was not an imagine guy? No. Maybe he was a Yoko Ono fan. <laughs> oh, God. Um, so in May 2005, the officer, whose name I don't think I'm allowed to say, testified before the Franklin County Grand Jury, which is routine anytime there's a police officer involved in, you know, discharging a weapon. So the grand jury did not indict him on any charges, and he even went on to receive an award for his outstanding police work in time of crisis. Which, I mean, cool that it worked out, but I do think, that, like you said, it was a bold move, and... Luckily, it did pay off, but it could have very well not. I mean, I, I think that the people who respond in emergencies are amazing. It takes so much. I am not a calm, cool, and composed person. I will flip out <laughs> at any sign of possible danger. I'm running around like a chicken with my head cut off. But I... Mm, Okay, I'm going to preface this with I am not anti-police. And I feel like that's probably a bad sign that I'm saying that. That's like, okay, no offense, but... And then I'm about to say something that someone will find offensive. Yes. I do think that there is not a very high bar set for police in the way that they respond. If he was sent with that weapon, what is he going to do? That's maybe not necessarily a him issue. Right. But why would the police send someone to that situation with that? It's like when they catch a person who is bad, but they're doing a high speed chase and they actually like very terribly injure someone. Yeah. Okay. Well, 
I mean, you maybe did save someone else, but you also injured the general public. And I think that sometimes that's ignored. And maybe that's just a a first world problem is being upset by the people who are innocent that are injured instead of realizing how much more injury that they've caused. And a big question I have is how, what was the capacity of his magazine that he was able to shoot this many people? Yeah, I'm not sure. I guess they said, I believe they said that he shot 15 rounds, remember, and that he did reload once. So doesn't sound like a high capacity situation. That sounds like no. pretty normal. Yeah. Oh, I mean, though, 15 is a decent amount in a handgun. Magazine. I mean, it's a lot, but it makes sense to, like, have that amount to, like... Because I was going to say, if he had to reload, why didn't someone, like, beat the shit out of him during reload? But maybe that was when they still thought it was fake. Yeah, I'm not sure why that didn't happen, because, yeah, it seems like that's a lot of time. Uh, and also, it seems like he went there, he was looking for a suicide by police officer, if those were why there were notes. That's true. No, it does definitely seem premeditated. That's rough. Yeah. I Guys, so, just don't be weird about the people you like, okay? Like them, but like a normal amount. Exactly. If One Less Direction... Little, yeah, One Direction breaks up, Jonas Brothers break up, cry, rip up your tiger beat posters that you got hanging on your wall i don't know throw a dart at harry or zane or whoever you blame for it but like that's where it ends even if it was just because someone hates the band that they're in now well okay so what you like them they need to go on forever like get a life don't be a weird super fan yeah, um, I didn't listen to it, but in 2005, Avenged Sevenfold did release a song about the incident. It's called Betrayed, and it's on their album City of Evil. So if you're interested, go give that one a listen. Yeah, do that. <laughs> Otherwise, just listen to Eminem on Spotify. That's safe. There's some undertones in there, too. Yeah, what's the one song, Sam? Oh, yeah, that is. That was a that was a fantastic music video, by the way. Since we're in 2004, we can talk about music videos. That was a fantastic <laughs> music video with Devin Sawa as his super fan. I, don't I remember. Are you going to say, do you know who Devin Sawa is? No. I'm going to punch you in your face. Who is this? Have you ever seen Little Giants? No. Oh, my God. The football movie? Yeah, with Rick Moranis. And the no. Paul Bundy guy. I forget what his name is. The, is that. <gasps> okay. Well, anyways, for those of us who are normal and have seen <laughs> Little Giants with Rick Moranis, what is Paul Bundy guy's name? Why am I blanking on what his name is? You know, Modern know Family, Paul Bundy. I know who you're talking about, but I, I see his face. I can't think of it. Hang on. I'm Googling it. Did I, did I say Paul Bundy or Ted Bundy? You said Paul. Okay, good. Yeah. I, after I said that, I was like, uh-oh, not Ted Bundy was not in this movie. Ed O'Neill. Ed O'Neill. Okay. So Rick Moranis, a.k.a. 
the dude from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, that dad with the glasses. Yeah. Um, him and Ed O'Neill play brothers in this tiny little town. And yeah. Ed O'Neill is like the good football player. And I think he played in the NFL for some time, but now he's back in town. He owns a car dealership and he coaches for this like little football team for the younger kids the they were dressed as the cowboys which is weird because i feel like in the united states the cowboys are like one of the most hated teams like they have for a very long time it's been like the cowboys are the mean ones so it kind of fits with this vibe and oh this juicy fruit oh some of the juice went down the wrong pipe um Rick Moranis has a daughter and he's widowed, of course, because it was a movie in the 90s. So wasn't he widowed in real life? That's why he left acting is because I that think his is, he is fantastic. He was he widowed in real life and he quit acting so that he could focus on his family. Anyways, he has a daughter in the movie. She tries out for football and her uncle, that guy's brother, is like, no, we don't want girls on the team. You can be a cheerleader. So Rick Lame. Moranis starts this mismatched group of kids and they're the little giants and Devin Sawa shows up and he actually was good at playing football. They just moved there and he was the heartthrob. He had, you know, a bowl haircut, his blonde hair. Classic. They practiced kissing on a log, their hands. Oh, that was a big moment for me where I was like, Oh my god. Anyways, Devin Sawa shaved his head for the stand movie. He's got the bleach blonde hair and that. But the point is, is he's a great A hottie and he I think he was the first actually let's let's bring this into the hot topic because we haven't gone over this. I'm just gonna throw this hot topic out for us. Okay. We discussed a while ago our celebrity crushes and how yep. they look. I need to know who was your childhood crush like celebrity well i think we went over mine last week lance bass i loved him okay so that was the only one that you really that's the only one that really sticks out i'm trying to think i don't know what i was focused on but not boys i was not in until <laughs> i was like more like a teenager okay so Devin Sawa would have been, I think, probably my first-ish age-appropriate crush. Either that or Jonathan Taylor Thomas, because I was heavy into home improvement, and I was like, I love Randy. It was a great show. (laughs) It was really a great show. And they were from Michigan, which obviously Tim Allen is from Michigan. Yeah. I remember on on Tool Time where they'd be like, Saginaw cheese. Cheese, it's good. I loved, I loved Home Improvement. That was fantastic. Anyways, these guys, yeah. So, Jonathan Taylor, your first crush was. That's what we're getting at, right? Right. Okay. So, first age appropriate crushes, and I use that term loosely because I don't actually know if they were age appropriate. But the like shows and movies I was watching, they seemed like age appropriate. But you know, sometimes they have like twenty year olds playing like fifteen year olds. That's true. So Devin Sawa and Jonathan Taylor Thomas, but my first crushes, 
as a child were Bill Murray. You're a fucking weirdo. Okay. And Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford is a babe. Okay. That one's normal. Okay. But I like, you have to understand the reason why Bill Murray was in there is I was obsessed with the Ghostbusters when I was a kid. And if you look at the Ghostbusters, like, I think that forever I've been like, I mean, who doesn't like a person that's like nice to look at, but I feel like the person's vibe is more important. And looking at Bill Murray now, I'm like, he looked like an old guy in Ghostbusters. He's (laughs) like balding. He has that like little puff of hair. Yes. But his vibe is like funny and like being a smart ass in the movies. Yeah. And for sure. Yeah, when I say Harrison Ford, I mean specifically Indiana Jones because those were the movies I watched with my dad. Ghostbusters and Indiana Jones. Yeah. Most of our VHSs straight from McDonald's and their little plastic case would watch (laughs) those suckers. I also had a really big crush on Bill Clinton when I was like in elementary school. Oh, my Lord. Sorry, mom, because I know there. that really Seriously. pissed my mom off when I was in school, especially because I didn't watch the news, so I didn't know what was going on. But this would be Monica Lewinsky area era, oh, and yeah. I feel like she found that very upsetting that her like third or fourth grade child was like, he's so cute, and she's like, stop it. Oh, my God. But I didn't know any of that. I was like, it was he's... Like with his hair, I don't know. I feel like he has like a fun face. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, he doesn't look mean. He looks like the guy that would show up. And I feel like George Bush has the same face where I'm like, you just look like that fun, nice guy. Like, (sighs) I I don't know. I understand what you're saying. I don't know that I get it. To be candid, my other like best friend, her celebrity crush is Dr. Phil. So maybe I just am on a different fucking playing field when it comes to this stuff. Because you guys all are into these, I think, weird old looking dudes. But I don't think now that, that Bill Murray is my celebrity crush. I'm just saying that when I was a child, I was like, he is so cute. I love him so much. So... Okay. It's fine. I don't have any issues. <laughs> I, Dr. Phil, I mean, I <laughs> I do have issues, but those are separate from this. Um, no, I mean, that was just my thing. And I just, I'm a fun person. Let us know who are your like celebrity crushes from back in the day. Someone else has got to be on like the Bill Murray or Bill Clinton train, right? I'm not talking about personality wise. Because shortly after that was like the first time I heard on the news, I did not have sexual relations <laughs> with the woman. I was like, huh? What is this? Missed out on that. Yeah. Because I was a kid. I wasn't like personal. I only saw pictures of him. And would it be that weird to think like as a child, like, oh, wow. I have such a crush on the president. It's a, that's like the highest authority in the United States. You know what I mean? Someone probably has a crush on Prince Charles and I seen his face. It's not cute. Not cute. I thought you were about to say Joe Biden. I was like, eh, I don't think anybody's out here crushing on Biden. (laughs) No offense. He's just old though. 
Uh, well, I mean, I there's, a, there's a lid for every pot. Who's the hottest president? Our last hot president was Obama. We have not had an attractive president since. Him and Michelle are both just very cute, and they're adorable together. I mean, I don't think that he was ugly. That's what I'm, I'm like, saying. I'm trying to think of, like, did we have a super, like, gross-looking president that I could be like, oh, actually, never mind. Yeah. JFK was the hottest. JFK was also a Catholic, so whoop, whoop. Oh, my God. He was All actually right, the only Catholic until Joe Biden, so you guys <laughs> got to represent. <laughs> We have to. And hot president talk with Katie and Chloe. Tune in next week. We'll uh, we'll run down the ugly list. <laughs> <laughs> we will rank the ugliest presidents of the United States. I legitimately, guys, it's fine. I don't. Bill Murray is fantastic, and people still really like him. He is known as a cool shit yes. everywhere. Still, he shows up at bachelorette parties nonstop. But that being said, check us out on Instagram. At Maniacally Midwest. Maybe Bill Murray will join us next week. Probably. Um, Check us out on YouTube. I'm not posting the video. Because I think by the time it hits the podcast. It's going to be edited to normal. But I have had to get up. Move my computer multiple times. Move a baby. Be asked about. Is that a dog? No, that's your cat in the background. I almost screamed out of pure excitement that you had a dog and or a stray dog wandered into your basement because I would be okay with both. That would would be interesting. I didn't even hear him come down. He just scared me. (laughs) Okay. Disappointment. That's the cat. Never mind. Um, Yeah, I'm going to have to edit it down a bunch. We had babies waking up. Someone was playing a recorder of mine from sixth grade. And then I was sitting on my bed so that I couldn't hear them yelling at each other. It just was a whole thing. It's been an ordeal. So we'll take a pause on that next week. I don't know, guys, what's going to happen. I am going back to the homeland. (laughs) I will be back in Wisconsin. I'm going to be in the Eau Claire area for a week at our family's cottage. I'll probably be at the Liney Brewery, so if you want to chill. And Charlie Barron's, we're looking at you. Yeah, if you want to hang out, if you just want to shoot the breeze, or you can come to the cottage. We got a pull-out bed. So <laughs> anyways, I don't know how that's going to work. I'm not sure what our internet is going to be like. I may or may not have Dino record with me. That'll be a treat. But if not, we're just going to have a week off, possibly recirculate an older episode that you guys can listen to. But we want to thank you guys for supporting us. I know it is obnoxious that we're always reminding you guys to give us a rating and a review, but it really, really helps put the podcast out there. And I know that we have a lot of people who contact us saying how much they like it. And if you really do like it, even if you really hate it, don't be a hater. Just just click those little buttons. No one's going to know, okay? And it just puts us out there more so people who do like us can find us or people who hate us know where to avoid. Either way, you're doing a community service, right? Absolutely. So anyways, do that. Um, we... 
Thank you guys so much. What am I forgetting? We have an email. Send us emails. Keep sending us emails. Um, maniaclymidwest at gmail.com and send us suggestions for new cases, suggestions for the hot topics. Maybe we like turn it over into either hot topic or asking for advice or I don't know, whatever you guys need. We're here. We are here and I can't stop talking. So I am going to cut myself off. I feel it going probably because I'm just trying to avoid having someone blow a freaking recorder in my face. (laughs) Even after we end this, I'm just going to keep talking to the computer. So she thinks that I'm on and she's not going to try to play me another song. That is just the same whistle 75 times. (laughs) Anyways, thank you guys so much. We love you. Bye. Bye.